Ho ho ho, it's that time of year, friends, where we gather around the cosy fire, we light some candles, we have some eggnog, there are carolers at the door, but we've shut the door because we're watching movies, we're watching Christmas movies, we're watching holiday movies, we're watching wintry movies, but you always watch the same movies every year, we know you always watch Casper's Haunted Christmas, we know you always watch Elf, <laughs> Rhapsody you... Kids, you're always watching we... Rhapsody oh, Kids. We know Die Hard's technically a Christmas film, and no yeah, Die anymore. Hard absolutely rules but you know what there are other films out there that you should watch and Stephen and i are here to discuss a couple of them um Stephen, christmas films yeah so this this is a sequel to a, a blog that i wrote um two years ago so on okay. december the 24th 2020 on my assorted opinions blog i wrote a blog post called so you want to be a christmas movie hipster pretentious christmas <laughs> films to talk about instead of die hard um, which starts tis the season the season where everyone's tell you that die hard is a christmas movie and that their favorite christmas movie is die hard <laughs> yes we get it everyone knows die hard is a christmas movie and i agree die hard is a great movie a christmas great. movie. but that doesn't pull mystique anymore no screening mm. gremlins doesn't work anymore still no. a great movie we'll give you a list of films that you can say oh actually blah is a Christmas film. Yep. And this is what's going to get you those real pretentious gals at that party. Those boys, <laughs> those gals, you know, whatever genitates you fancy, this is going to get them if they're yeah, into like, that pretense. If they're into pretentious Christmas film conversations. And if they or, are, send them my way. <laughs> yeah, or films that they should not care about. Um, I remember Probably, yeah. I, um, a, a friend of mine and ex-housemate, um, Kate Andrews, told me, um, this is one of the first bonding conversations, of a friend of hers at uni liked to performatively tell people that their favourite movie was... Um, oh, what's that Yogis Lanthimos movie? The uh, Alps? Dogtooth? Dogtooth. Just said Dogtooth. Yeah. Just, just to upset them, basically. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's a very much... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to not talk to you for the rest of the evening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In the same way that when my friend's university would have... Would invite the forms that I mentioned here are on the original list, yes, they are. Um, so we'll get to those. So, this is a film from 1898. This is the Ugh. world's first Christmas film. It's about two minutes mm. long. The BFI restored it. It's on YouTube and also on their free BFI because there's free BFI player. It's on YouTube. Paid on BFI yeah. player, so you can watch it on their free version as well in their archive. Um, it is called Santa Claus. Um, it is, as I'm sure Jack will admit, utterly brilliant. Um, Technically, m- marvellous. Like, genuinely, is... I was like, you always think about putting on an old film from the 1800s and you're always like, I kind of know what it's going to be. It's going to be people waving at the camera for a minute and yeah. it will fade to black. But oh, it's not. Another train coming to the station. Oh, another oh, Leeds. Get out the way. Leeds. It's coming right we'll at get me. It. It's Leeds. It's coming out. It's coming right at me. Oh, birds. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, so it is a technical marvel. As far as we know, this is the earliest existing example of parallel action. So two scenes happening simultaneously in the timeline in different directions, um, different um, locations, sorry. So it has this presumably superimposed... It has to um, be, but there is. But then again, it tugs it away the curtain incredible. The end, and then it kind of isn't superimpositioned. There's superimposition, which looks just like they've cut a, a, a circular hole mm. in a curtain. It's that, it's that well implemented. But it doesn't look like a hole. It just... It just no. It is there. It's, it's this... It's this Christmas magic of cinema. Is it projected onto it and filmed again? I don't it know. It can't be. I don't know. Again, yeah, I, but... I mentioned this to Stephen. I watched it live and talked to him as I watched it. And I was like, I yeah. don't know how they made this. And it's a billion years old. I love it's, that. It's so cool because for me, it is just the... 
the magic of Christmas is is the magic of Christmas. Oh, and this film oh. is what if we used Christmas to show that film is magic? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it is utterly beautiful. Um, show it to everyone. People ask which favorite Christmas film. You go, oh, Santa Claus. They go, what the Santa Claus? You go, no, absolutely, Santa not. Claus. <laughs> From 1898, starring Tim so Allen. Yeah, that's starring Tim Allen. Very, very young Tim Allen. Very young um, Tim Allen. Yeah, it's 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 an astonishing film. You can watch it on on YouTube.com, BFI. Um, really great work. Um, what are you going to pick out from our list? I'm going to go with. Ooh. So the next film is Black Christmas, and wow, I watched this for the first time in many many years uh, last week, and. I have seen so many horror films over the past decade or so. I've seen so many slasher films. I've seen so many Jalo films and Jalo-inspired films. And this is such a primordial slasher film set around the holidays. And John Carpenter's gone on record and said it's obviously influenced uh, his Halloween and therefore every other slasher film that's ever existed. And my God, this movie. It gets everything that you want the slasher to do right just from the get-go. It's really, really well, like... Uh, like blocked and staged and has this as a menacing feel to christmas because there's a killer and my god I, it's a I nasty really film enjoy- it is it it's is a nasty. very nasty film. it's it's uh, it's as nasty as you'd want one of these to get i'd say but i will say i also watched the remake of this the 2006 remake of this this morning which is a remake in that it's called black christmas and there are murders that take place yeah. but the, the narrative is actually quite different um both i would say worth watching <laughs> For different and reasons. My popular dis- opinion is that I actually quite like the modern remake as well. I know that no one else. Two thousand. Wait, have you wait the two thousand six one? No, the two thousand nineteen. Nineteen one. I, I've not I, seen that one yet. I really, but I'm I very really, I really quite like it. Uh, no one else. I does. really, I really um, quite like the two thousand six one. It is well directed and quite gruesome and interesting. I need to revisit the original Black Christmas. I don't love it. I do really like it and respect mm. it. There are scenes in it that never left me. There's a great... Sure. I mean, the killer inside the house, like that motif is is, is so cool. Mm. And there's a bit where a cop goes back in the house and you know that it's not safe in there and the camera just hangs out outside. I think from the from the police car outside, obviously yeah. they go back in. And that, that, that lives, dare I say, rent-free in my head forever. <laughs> that, is, that is one of the scenes of horror for me. So even if I don't adore the film... Um, yes, it, it, it has is, that moment. It is, uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, film number two is... No, that uh, was film number two. Yeah, so I'm going to go yeah. for some good choices here. How weird do I go straight away? I'm going to go for Fanny Alexander, um, yeah, which I too. utterly, utterly adore. Um, as I've said here, um, nothing says Christmas like a three-hour-long Swedish film from Ingmar Bergman. Um, well, maybe the five-and-a-half-hour expanded TV cut. Maybe that says Christmas more. Um, I Yeah, so check out the look on someone's face when you say to them, yes, my favourite Christmas film. Oh, you said Die Hard. Well, I like Fanny and Alexander. Uh, the 1982-1984, um, made for TV, but also made for cinema um, in yeah. the same way that Scenes of Marriage is. Um, this is a really astonishing film. I think it's one of Bergman's best films. Um it is utterly beautiful. It, it feels like a Victorian novel in that way. And I'm not a huge Dickens fan, but it has Dickensian scope in that every character feels like they have a book full of possibilities. Mm. And the way it's filmed is just astonishing. It feels, when I think about it, I think of it like it's like a really beautiful bespoke advent calendar that it has like a depth behind it almost like an Ozu kind of like style of being like, there's the scene and I'm here in the proscenium watching yes, backwards. I'm in the it, audience. I'm in the, it, the, the stands. It just 
is so utterly beautiful. It's it's about like cruel dynamics and like a, an endearing but dysfunctional family. Like it is set primarily at Christmas. Um, it finds beauty in every frame. It is it is astonishingly arty. Um, so wide in scope, so warm, so human, so wonderful. It it is a cozy put the fire on, sit down for three and a half hours and go. Actually, we really enjoyed that, didn't we? It's something that no one wants to put on, and then just go. That was really good, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so do remind your friends that people were more than happy to like binge watch like I don't know, goddamn Tiger King, or whatever, at Christmas when they like, meet their family. <laughs> like they'll happily watch like nine episodes or something. But the moment you say, "Can we watch a five and a half hour Swedish TV film?" They'll say no. But I, I want to bet at the end you'll go. Actually, that was wonderful. Um, I think mm. it's utterly spectacular, and I hope that you watch it. It's it's like watching a diorama, the most amazing Christmas diorama. I hope that you love it if you watch it. Mm. Uh, next, we are going around the corner. We are going to The Shop Around the Corner, directed by none other than one of the comedy masters, Ernst Lubitsch. Uh, this is you are on that Lubitsch kick today, aren't you? Uh, well, this is the same film I recommended on uh, yeah. Christmas in Connecticut, basically, <laughs> because uh, this is screwball comedy done at Christmas, done right. This is everybody's favourite, Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart, and Margaret Sullivan in a film that later was remade. More people know it as uh, You've Got Mail. Um, yep. with tom hanks and it's basically two people don't like each other and are <laughs> accidentally without knowing it falling in love with each other through like this pen pal service like this anonymous pen pal service so they're meeting up in the day they hate each other and at night you know they're sending each other love letters and it's all miscommunication it's classic classic lubitsch uh, sort of comedy presentation it's it's just nice. It's wholesome. It's ninety nine minutes and it's Christmassy. It's it's nice. I want to revisit it this year. So, you're mid conversation. You've mentioned your Lubitsch. You've mm. mentioned your Bergman. Let's get, let's keep it kind of fancy. Yeah. And oh, I've got a few choices here that we could keep it fancy. Let's go for Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Hey. Um, the Sakamoto theme is already playing in my head. Yeah, um, one of my legitimate favourite films of all time. Um, um, hard to pitch as a Christmas film. Very hard, um, very difficult. Because, because it not, is... not everyone thinks of Japanese war yeah, <laughs> it is, it in is, 1940s yeah. as but, their Christmas go-to. But but no, here's my case. Do you know what films are watched a lot at Christmas? Like The Sound of Music and The Great Escape. To me, a like classic, like <laughs> yeah, it's Christmas sure. holidays, and it's very much like it's on. BBC, and a parent has has put the the film on. So if we can watch like Goddamn the Great Escape, which I think is crap, um, why not watch a good movie um, about a prisoner of war camp? Um, because Merry Christmas, Lawrence is a Christmas film, legitimately. Mm-hmm. Um, it is utterly beautiful. Um, you may not have watched it. It is just one of the most insightful and like culturally aware films about cultural differences so many films are so like bluntly and boringly about they do things differently over there or and it though i really like bridge of the river kwai this film makes bridge of the river kwai look like i cannot think of the comparison point but like something deeply simplistic cars Um, 2 yeah like cars 2 um (laughs) because i like that lean film quite a lot but this is such a great reveal about what the proje- the national projections mean and what it's like under that facade. So it does have the stiff upper lip thing. It does have the overt traditionalism thing of Japan. But it there is so much more to it than that. Of It is so aware of actual dynamics and actual people. And it is not blind at all to the cruelty of 
Britain's history and the cruelty of Japan at what is then the present. Um, it is a really uncompromising film about um, the scars of the past and about what Japan were doing in the Second World War. Um, it is utterly beautiful. It is definitively about Christmas and it stars David Bowie. Yep, icing on the cake. And Takeshi Kitano. So, icing and, on the second cake. And of course, Ryuichi Sakamoto. Um, icing on the third And Tom cake. Conti. Icing on the fourth cake. Lots of cakes, so, lots of icing. Good a lot movie. of iced cakes. So if you just watched <laughs> Paddington 2 and you thought, I like Tom Conti, watch Merry Christmas of Lawrence. <laughs> it's a beautiful film and has one of the best soundtracks of all time. And you will sound more interesting if you say that's your favourite Christmas film than if you do, say, Die Hard. The next film, you will sound interesting, but you'll also sound quite strange, and you'll sound mysterious Doctor because strange. this is a this is a strange, mysterious movie by the man who brought us Doctor Strange. Love, this is Stanley <laughs> Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, which is a Christmas movie very much yeah, set around it is, Christmas. It very but, much is. Um, oh boy, there's nothing quite like Eyes Wide Shut in that. It's trying to uncover something that should not be uncovered and does not want to be uncovered. There's a lot in Eyes Wide Shut. So this is not without its warnings. This is not a a wholesome family picture to throw on after, you know, the King's king's speech. (laughs) The movie The King's Speech. You've watched the movie The King's Speech. And now... (laughs) In terms of uh, adult relationships, uh, mysterious sex cults, uh, strange goings-on in the world between Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, uh, Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut is a sinister sort of uh, plummet into the seedy underworld of the higher-ups, what goes on above your head, what the others work on while you work in your normal job. It's... um, it's Christmassy, it's full of Christmas lights and cheer and wonder, but at its heart mm. it is this scary and unsettling movie. And, you know, if you're too normie for Crash, then yeah, watch, watch, watch Eyes Wide Shut. Mm. Keep your eyes open, though. Yeah. I, I don't love Eyes Wide Shut at all, I'll be honest. Um, I do, I do love Eyes Wide yeah, Shut. Yeah, it scares me. It scares me, I love that it scares me. I will rewatch it, but yeah, no, I think it's just, mm, I don't know. I have I have a lot of thoughts and here's you the put it on this list. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's, it's, it's Christmas film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'm gonna go for Tokyo Godfathers. Yep, which, which um... is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So you know, <laughs> maybe you've you've tried to put Black Swan on, not Black Swan. <laughs> sorry, um, what am I thinking? Per- per- perfect Blue. You've tried to put Perfect Blue on, and people are saying no, and then you go for Paprika, and people are still saying no. So you go, wait a minute. This same guy has a Christmas film, and you watch mm. *Godfathers*, which is a remake of John Ford. Uh, a film I've not seen. So yeah, Satoshi Kon's *Godfathers* is. Um, now, there are legitimate reasons to not like this film, um, though I do hear that it is the translation and subtitles that, at points, okay, make it seem quite unsavory in terms of how it deals with trans identity. Um, okay. if you can get past that, some like, um, awkward, like usage of like slurs or dead naming, um, if you can get past that, which is fine if you can't, um, there is a, a beautiful, very open and accepting film here, which I think from its like cultural context as well is, is, is even more, um, wonderful. Um, the, I mean, it gets to, I think what a Christmas film should be of, it is a time of acceptance, 
but has an eye towards that Christmas is hard for a lot of people um, yeah. for a lot of reasons and that family is a difficult concept and so about found family and chosen family um, it's a really beautiful film it, the elasticity of the animation is, is stunning um, it's really really fun I watched it once really liked it watched it another couple of times loved it even more watched it with Emma she loved it too it is a lovely mostly warm-hearted film about outsiders and outsider identity identities forced to be on the outside um and is truly about the christmas spirit um and i think it's stunning i love it yep really good film it's so much more like character focused and grounded than yeah. some of uh, satoshi khan's other works it's and, so yeah, contrived it... it's so unbelievably contrived but it's a christmas story it it, 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 it coasts on cliche and coincidence mm. but in the most beautiful so. and self-aware way it's it, it's it's great next up we have a little movie that we on the stacks like to call Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Now I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Garbage day. Jack, Stephen, should I go ahead and watch Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 1 before I watch Part 2? And the obvious answer is absolutely not because the film <laughs> opens basically with a retelling. I say retelling. It's a reshowing of the first film in chunks. So you will not be lost at all. This is a... It's one of those movies that you uh, you can't quite explain to your friends why you like it, but you do like oh, it. Oh, yeah, totally. I tried it's... to explain to someone today. I've been like, I was like, I can't even remember really what's in it. I went, at some point, a guy says Garbage Day, and it's really funny. It's um, it, it's it's a film that has inspired some of our favorite films, basically. The Motor yes. Media Gang uh, point to this very much as a, a point of reference and a point of uh, like influence for them. But it is basically uh, like a Christmas serial killer story done on like a really cheap budget, really sort of hammy production design, really bad sort of acting, apart from uh, Eric Freeman, who is playing this larger than life character of uh, Ricky Caldwell. <laughs> um, it is, it's part of a series where I think there's about five or six or seven movies, and it's it's like a ridiculous thing. The first film is okay. The second film is 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 bad but really fun, really entertaining. Yeah, I like it. Um, and good. also a soft recommendation for Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4, which is like okay. a creature feature. Wait, is this <laughs> like, a Star Trek thing? <laughs> yeah, I think it might be. Every uh, the even numbers are the good ones, but yeah, that's nice. directed by Brian Usner, who brought the World Society. <gasps> so that's all I'll say about that, Stephen Gillespie. Nice. Oh wow, um, great choice. What number are you on here? Because I'm I'm getting nervous. I've lost count. Like, um, uh, let's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're on seven. Seven. Number eight then. Um, well, I, I, would, I would keep it classy, but that is yours, so I shouldn't steal that really. No, go for it, because I, I, can, no, no, I can pull up some other ones. No, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that, that there for you. I'm going to go for some great choices here. Brazil. I'm going to go for... Um, yep. Though Terry Gilliam is a... Trash. Terrible human being. Nice. Um, Brazil is... Has Christmas part of the plot has an integral Santa Claus character, yep. is a wonderful... I've not seen it in a long time. I, should, I need to rewatch it. Would but like to rewatch. The, the, the Terry Gilliaminess of it really puts uh -huh. me off. I know that friend of the show, Jermaine, um, watched it recently and, and thankfully adored it. Yep. Um, this is such a great hipster choice. It's got a, an amazing Robert De Niro turn in it. Just like... <laughs> just... <laughs> as basically a Mario brother, um, yeah, yeah. Which, which, which is stunning. Um, this... I remember watching Jupiter Ascending, um, which is a film you never forgot, forget watching. Um, and there is a scene in Jupiter Ascending, which 
it goes through this like bureaucratic nightmare of take this one to this one. I'm like, this is just Brazil. You kind of like rip off Brazil. And then the film ends with they give the four to the last person and it's Terry Gilliam. And I'm like, oh, what? Oh, you know, it's Brazil. You know, no it's Brazil. I've also hilarious that Terry Gilliam is in a Wachowski film. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. That's obviously uh, before Terry Gilliam outs yeah, himself sure. as an idiot Ugh, that's horrendous <laughs> but yeah when you think about i mean you know christmas is not without its fair share of bureaucracy and pointless contrivance and confusion and kafka-esque madness um so it's in a film that speaks to that um it's from 1985 i think yes and uh, yeah. i remember when i first learned about it um i went to like a dve club thing of like so so doing the duke of Edinburgh stuff and one of the leaders there who was the dad of my friend knew i love monty python films and yeah. he was like you should watch Terry Gilliam's Brazil. It's like, what if 94 had a sense of humor? I'm like, I love that book. And I have a sense of humor. I should watch <laughs> Brazil. And I like you jokes. know what? Yeah, he's right. It, it is, what if 94 was still prescient in ways that that book is maybe not, that that book is present in other ways, but also had like a really great sense of humor to it and was just beautifully made um, in the way that Gilliam feels up and off. So yeah, Brazil is a fab- fabulous Christmas film and will make you sound cool unless they know about who Terry Gilliam is and then you'll then sound you like will, a bad person. Then so you'll be backpedaling be the rest of the evening. But you'll sound <laughs> yeah. pretty woke up the rest of you go, now I know, blah, 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 blah. So you could, you could turn, it, turn it around. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, we we supply the tools. You can use them in whatever yeah. way you you see you deem fit. Number nine, number now, nine. We're, we're number just nine. a bunch of we're just a bunch of big men on this podcast. But I want to talk about some little women. I want to talk oh. about Little Women from 2019, directed by Greta Gerwig. Stephen, were you familiar? Film. How familiar with you were are are you with the text, the original I, text? I I read it to watch the film. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I I read it before watching it because I've not watched a version before. Um, and wanted to read the book because I was so mm. excited because I loved Lady Bird so much. Yes, uh, this is well, I've only seen a couple of the versions, but this is my favorite version of Little Women. Uh, it's a film that is set around. It feels more Christmassy than it's actually set at Christmas. Uh, it, yeah. it jumps over several time periods, but it is has this sort of like cozy by the fire, warm socks feeling yes. to it. Um, is very much. Um, a progressive text of the time talking about these four sisters and the ways in which they they separate and go in different sort of aftermaths of the civil war um starring roles just fantastic like florence Pugh, emma watson saoirse ronan laura dern um really just sort of like a, a warmth to the characterization um there is a warmth to the the set dressing and the way that the actual film looks um it's better, I would say, than the Christian Bale performance uh, in the 90s version, but we got everyone's dream heart, dream boat, Timothy Chalamet. And it's like, he's it's a film about so sisterhood. Well cast in this and he's so he's good. very good. He's very, he plays the role perfectly. I think the poets I think, would disagree. You are? I think the poets would disagree. <laughs> Quote, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, dear me. Um, these women may be little, but they will leave a big impact on your life. To quote Bob Odenkirk, my little woman. My Little Women. And to quote Mo Sislak from The Simpsons, they realised that they were no longer little girls. They were little women. It's Yeah, Little Women is, is, is a phenomenal film. I've said it before, but uh, it's it's worth repeating. Of, I think it's an astonishing work of adaptation because it manages to adapt the sensibility and the impact of the book. That book is more than it ever was because it has been famous for so long and has yep. been passed on and has become... like 
it as a feminist text is now yeah. dated in key ways, but it as an impact on inspiring um, feminist thought and women yeah. f- f- throughout generations is, is, is so key and so clear. And the book, I mean, the film is as much an adaptation of what that book means as what mm-hmm. that book is, which is the most you would ever want from an adaptation. It's, it's stunningly, stunningly done. The way it chops and changes certain bits and frame devices is deeply intelligent. Because um, the book is linear to a fault, like to a fault, yes. yep. and its framing device is so clever and so brilliant. It's a really astonishing film. Great choice. Number uh, ten, last, last pick, yeah. Our last freebie. Um, I'm going to keep it classy. I'm going to save the weird stuff for for After uh-huh, Dark. Uh-huh. Um, Carol. Yeah. Um, Todd Haynes's Carol, which is one of the best films of the last ten years. Um, just a really beautiful. Let's get sad at Christmas film. Let's get sad yep. at Christmas. That Christmas, Christmas is as much can about be a sad time. regret yeah. and loss as it is about. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the regret and loss is a big part of love and giving and and family. Yep. And another film that's about um, what sadly is a typical identity because of the normalised society we live in. Um, a beautiful film inspired by um, Edward Hopper paintings. You're always viewing Carol through a window or something through a window. Mm. It's 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 filmed with this like precise um, distance. Um, Todd Haynes is so indebted to Douglas Sirk as a filmmaker, yeah. as is made so key in. He did make one film that is is pretty much a Douglas Sirk um, uh, pastiche, yeah, which is yeah. which is a, a good movie, not a great movie. Um, good, good but not great. Good not great. Classic, classic, <laughs> classic catchphrase. <laughs> good not great. Um, but Carol is rather than being like pastiche of that Sirk, it, it, it is the the modern version of that would be. So, mm. like Sirk was not trying to be that kind of like painterly old-fashioned look that was contemporary um this is just stunningly beautiful in the way you'd want it to be feels so romantic so real it when melodrama is good it's the best genre and there are parts of this that are melodramatic of when you feel totally involved with emotion you realize that life is actually overflowing emotion um, and hyperbolic emotion is not hyperbolic it just is grand and it is a great film of reserve and repression but will give you huge feeling um i i absolutely adore carol there's a great quote from kate blanchett about the film not doing very well um she said at one point a gun is shown maybe would have shot it would have sold more tickets <laughs> sure yeah that makes sense yeah i mean it as, as Godard said film film is a woman and a gun and you know Carol's yes. not a woman and a gun but I guess it's not Resident Evil so Blanche you know. is echoing those thoughts there yeah wonderful Lydia Tarr so, herself so there are 10 classy cool Christmas yeah. picks for you to flaunt in front only of your friends only one known transphobe on that list oh, thanks for that Stephen <laughs> known <laughs> is the key word here <laughs> very much so Uh, so thank you very much for listening to this recommendation episode for 10 more uh, Christmassy recommendations you can head over for our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash the stacks on film where we're going to be running down some wilder weirder more sort of out there stuff you want it weirder that's where Jack takes over and starts to really talk about things that aren't Silent Night Deadly Night Part 2 but somehow weirder Yeah. Yeah. yeah so thank you as always for listening and we will catch you on the next episode